Que le den cumbia a la gente Con eso es suficiente Brilla y dale por la de repente Que le den cumbia a la gente Un poquito de aguardiente Para sacar las cargas de la mente Que le den cumbia a la gente Hasta en otro continente Que me lo baile como pariente Que le den Welcome everybody, welcome to Strictly Football And we are back with a new week And introducing our guest of honors um, I got new intros for everybody So, <laughs> up top, in the right corner We got the guy that in pro clubs we go by I show speed Suey! 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 There he yes, is Alright in introducing in the bottom right corner, my guy. Llegó la hora de ir con las cariñosas, Mayimbu. There he is. Aquí, it's Jose. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Cariñosas himself. <laughs> Señor Cariñoso. It's a character. All right. And, right. and in the in the in the top left, we got my guy and this guy will not disappoint because we cannot let go of this because it's almost time baby it's almost time we're gonna come it's almost time guys we're almost there it's almost time guys for the kings of the CONCACAF to come back and show you how it's done that's right that's right. So, what about for yourself? Do you have one for you? Not yet, but you know, I, I, I'm working on it. I was thinking more of like this one right here. I've been practicing my vocals, man. I'm getting ready for this 50 Cent concert. <laughs> I, I love your commitment to going to that. I appreciate it. I want to just tell you that while I have you on air, I appreciate the the commitment to going to go see Fitty. It, it, it's honestly, dude. I can't wait to see all the people. I I I know there's I gonna see be this crowd. The, exactly, like Ooh. the people that that bring back the G unit clothing. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. The chains or in the in the do rags with the Tims. It's gonna oh, be. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Do do rags and slight snapbacks. Come on, man. That's right. Oh man. And then I I dude, whoever brings out the belt. With the flashing lights that spells out your name, you're the winner. <laughs> you're the winner, dude. We're gonna go back to 2007 during that, in that concert, dude. We're, we're lucky we can't change batteries on our phones anymore because we could put the flashing batteries on our phones. You know, every time you're talking. <laughs> so yeah, man. That's. That's that. So I think we should get started, man. I'm excited. We've had a good week of football. What do you guys think? Indeed, man. Great week yeah, it's been, all around. It's been good. It's been. Um, we got. We had Europa. I mean, we had Champions League, Europa, and I don't think they disappointed, dude. It, it's not. Nobody got shut out. Where it's over with. It's a fight to the death, to the last match, and I like that. Yeah. So right. let's kick it off. So let's, yeah, let's kick it off. Let's do it. So we're going to start off with our Tarjeta Roja of the week, right? Going to call out basically who deserves a Tarjeta Roja. And I guess I could start off for everybody. And I'm going to give it to the Super Clásico in Argentina. Oh. I mean, mm-hmm. there were six red cards going around. 
huge brawl after um, I think it was a penalty that was scored. I can't remember who scored it. And just uh, the brawl went on. We'll talk about it later, but the brawl went on for like 15 minutes. It was crazy. And something like that shouldn't happen on the pitch. I know it's a super classical and it gets heated, but yeah, that's who it goes to for me. Fair enough. Well, okay, if I could give a Tarjeta Roja this week, and this is just if I could, I think I would give it to the referees and the VAR that was refing the Manchester City versus Real Madrid game. That mm. ball on that Manchester City goal clearly went out, okay? Like, Especially I was watching... Glasses on. <laughs> I was watching it from a screen, and I clearly saw Bernardo Silva kick the ball back in past the line. And there's a fourth official that's very close. There's a linesman running that that line, and not one bothered to even look at the VAR. Um, so if I could give one, the referees also deserve their red cards. Hmm. It's a good one. It's a good one. It was a, that was a good game. It was. That was a very good game. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it's been kind of deduced to that, to that, uh, to that, to that VAR or non-call. I guess you would say. Uh, my tarjeta roja of the week is has to go to probably the greatest player in the world, Messi. Hmm. Uh, his moves have been a little suspect this past week, uh, and his, his apology video it just felt like he was like in a hostage situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I was pointing a gun at him and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, "Say this now, dude! Say this now!" And I'm like, "You're you're the you're the best player in the world." And that move was just really like, "Come on, man! Like you're playing for PSG, dude! Like it's just not it's not even that serious." And you can do whatever you want. You're the best player in the world. You know what I'm saying? And like. I don't know. I, I I just felt like those moves have just been a little weird, and like, and then his dad has come out, and like, it almost feels like they're like trying to create controversy. That's the way it kind of reads to me. But I don't know. So that that's that that's who my tarjeta roja of the week goes to. Um, yep. Mine is related to Irving's, but I think it's it's based off refs this 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 past week. It's like that super clásico, like. We've, we've seen this and we've talked about this before in our previous podcast where refs need to learn how to control. And I know it's that, that's one of the, like the top classicals like that you can watch, but like really, dude, you guys cannot let this shit happen, dude. It just does not look good for the football world eh? in general, no matter who whoever mm-hmm. it is. So that that's what I would do. It's just adding on to what you guys put out there. Yep. All right. Nice, nice. So, well, well deserved Tarjeta Rojas right there. So, we're going to move on to some Champions League football that just happened um, over the week, first leg. And we're going to start off with uh, Inter versus AC Milan. Uh, 2-0, Inter, you know, they're taking the lead. Um, Jekyll and Mkhitaryan scored. Uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, you say crazy? Crazy? What are you talking about? That's the man that shows up once in a blue moon decides to show up <laughs> this week. Hey, yeah, okay. what, yeah. What what did I say last week? You Mkhitaryan, said it. You it. If Mkhitaryan is on, forget about it. Because that man's gonna make everybody. Yeah, and I, I will say both both goals were some golazos. Like the Ed and Jekyll goal was crazy. Just hit it first time out of a cross. 
Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw it, but yeah, that's crazy. Didn't my guy play, dude? Wasn't he out there? Who's your guy? The guy that I can't pronounce his name. Lukaku? No, Mitchell. Mitch, oh, okay. So we're talking about, man. That was the guy you chose on your that's team the, last week. But, but hey, if, if <laughs> you were, if he scored a goal, man. I, I'm, I'm all, dude, I'm, look, I'm already winning, dude. I didn't even see anybody else's guys score goals, man. So I think I'm already winning this whole 6v6 thing. Huh? Uh, <laughs> debatable. Yeah, and one thing that uh, Milan didn't have was Rafael Liao. Uh, they played a Belgian striker, I think. I can't say his name, but Decalaters, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So no Leal. And personally, from what I saw from the game, was that Milan, like his defense was like all over the place. Like Tamori and uh, Kier were leaving like spaces wide open. And like Jekyll, a 37-year-old, was having their way with these two defenders. So I don't know when he's to change for Milan next next game. But yeah. Experience, experience, experience. They did not have they they just did not have a good game plan from even from the first half. Like if you look at their first half, like they're leaving so much space. But even if Rafael Leao was there, like Rafael Leao is only as impactful as he's allowed to be in the open space. And it just felt like Milan couldn't even control the ball for like the majority of the game. So like even if he was there, I would still find it hard for them to figure out a way to like break. Like it just seemed like it was just an off day, you know. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Like they didn't even show up. Like this is yeah. not the team that played in the last leg, yeah, or in the last which, time. Which I mean, the way the way, and then I think to add to that, and it's like this was like their home game. So it's like if you saw the crowd, like that stadium, like the whole crowd was like behind them. So it's like second leg, like. They're not going to be there. Like now, it's going to be Inter's fans that are going to pack up the stadium and get the most tickets. So yeah, I think it was it was very odd for Milan to come in and play the way they did in the first leg. Yeah. Do you think uh, Rafael Leao not being there made a made a like made an impact on it? Why it was like that? I mean, I mean, just like Ariel said, like he can only do so much, and most of his. Most of his function is offensively, and I think in this game it was like the defense didn't didn't look good. Even Theo Hernandez, who had been playing like really good, like just every like whether it's Champions League or league, like Theo Hernandez uh, just looked off too. Jeez. I mean, you also got to give it to Inter too, though. Well, Inter well, also it's... played a good game, so I think like that. There's the other side of it too that yeah. Inter also had a game plan and they implemented it. And even fucking Lautaro Martinez was looking fucking like. The the total of fucking. I was just gonna prime. say that. I was literally Cle- just gonna say that. You know, because it's like El Toro hasn't been really looking that good since the World Cup, and but you know, within the last couple of weeks, I think he's been turning it around. But oh, like this game, he played really good. Club guy, man. Club guy. Club guy. There it is. Iguain. <laughs> yeah. Two point Man was doing cutbacks. Man was doing all these dribbling, shooting. It was crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I think Milan is still. Have a chance. They still have a chance. Definitely, they just got to come out fighting. One of the things, one of the things that I saw was that a lot of people were saying that the reason why Inter was so like offense like and were pushing forward was that they didn't have to worry about like a Rafael Leao counter attacking them in offense. So it was all just attack attack. I think honestly, I, I saw some Inter uh, shots hit the post. It probably could have been like four zero to be honest at the end of the first half, but. Yeah, um, I still think sure. AC Milan can, can be pulled, can pull through, and they can still do their thing. So, yeah, 
Um, yeah, so moving on to the next game, uh, Real Madrid, Man City. Controversial game. Um, you know, at, at the middle of the week, I asked if the Man City goal should be disallowed. But then I seen the VAR, the VAR came out, and they said it wasn't going to be able to be disallowed because Camavinga reset the play, um, I guess, by giving the ball away to Man City. So I guess there's that. But one of the things I wanted to highlight was uh, Vinicius and Camavinga, their um, presence on the pitch and everything they do, and like especially Camavinga, just someone who had never played left back ever in his life, just playing left back and just whoa, taking whoa, control whoa, whoa. of the ball ever? and you know locking down Haaland, crazy. But he played left uh, back in the World Cup. One of the questions that was kind of yeah, one of the questions I was going to ask I mean, was the World was Cup Holland, was like you know? six months ago. You, fool. Well, actually, actually, that was the first time, and that, that's a Deschamps uh, experiment because uh, Lucas Hernandez got injured. So he had nobody else to put, so he went with Camavinga at left back. And but he said never. Came... So it, it, no, he has played left back. Take it easy. Don't overcredit yeah, those guys. He wasn't trained in that position. Like, that's not his natural He wasn't position. trained, yeah. Yeah. He's a midfielder, right, originally. But um, – one of the things that stood out to me that's going to impact the next year leg, I think, is uh, how Real Madrid was able to keep Haaland. I don't know if you guys saw or, you know, any Haaland any, had any involvement in the game. I was seeing Rudiger's tactics that were looking a little <laughs> crazy. I mean, he was, like, he was, like, putting his head on his back and, like, fucking getting under his armpit and shit. Like, he was... He was trying some crazy stuff on him, like, to try to get him off. And, and you know, so I think for the most part, they, they were able to contain him, but... I mean, it was a good game, but for the most part, they were able to contain him. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that, though, at the Etihad. Empty hat. Etihad, yeah. Um, <laughs> Empty. Yeah. That, no, that's true, and I, and I think that that makes, like, like Rudiger, uh, do you know if Rudiger has ever been to Crocker before? That man played like he, was, he's, he has experience from Crocker Field, man. Oh, yeah. Tactics. <laughs> those, those dirty tactics, dude. It's like they replace Pepe and they bring in Rudiger. You know? Um, <laughs> but, no, they did a good job. And then I think it, it comes down like, okay, so you did a good job at home. For the second leg, do you keep him or do you bring in Militao back now that he's done from suspension? Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that might play a big difference in yeah. how the game has shifted. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. To me, I yeah. feel like I would kind of want like a like a like a dirty player on him. Yeah, um, you can, I, I think that's only one yeah. of the ways you kind of have to get dirty with a player like him because he's just going to overpower you. I mean, the dude is just like a tank, you know. Yeah. And, and, but yeah. one thing to highlight about someone... Kamavinga, though, while while people are praising him for the way he's doing it, I think we also have to highlight that the goal that they scored was his fault. He gave away the ball. Yeah, he, he he gave it away in the middle of the field, and then he was walking back to trying to get it. Like he wasn't even trying to get it back. So <laughs> yeah. while we're praising him, yeah. it's cool, but we are also in this predicament because you gave a sloppy ball away. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things that I keep saying, I keep saying it, um, Vinicius. I think he's starting to become like one of the best players in the world, and I don't know, like. He just makes that difference that I think no other player can really, or not a lot of players in the world can really make. Um, so I think we're watching the blossoming of the best player in the world. That might be my matured bias talking. Oh, I don't know about that one, buddy. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Even, so you don't think that that goal was a lucky 
like a lucky strike. Like uh, maybe I'm just like hypercritical of Vinny. Let me just put <laughs> that out there. Maybe I'm just hypercritical yeah. of him because I feel like I've seen way better players than him. But like, I feel like that goal, like it's not like he intentionally, he's not doing that on a consistent basis. You're not getting that out of Vinicius Jr. Like even that goal, like it just seemed like it was a lucky strike that he got on it. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Did y'all did y'all did y'all feel that way, or do you think he actually like intended to make it that way? Uh, if you're asking me, <laughs> I know I'm frozen right now in the camera. You guys can't see me, but um, yeah, dude. Come on, dude. Look. It's not that I'm super, like, against the guy, but like, show me proof of where he's actually recently scored goals like that. You know, not, yeah. He fucking just kicked the ball, and they wished it went in, and, and the goalie ate the fucking goal. That's it. Oh, it was a good shot. It was a good shot. Simple or what? It was a good, it was. It was, it was, a, it was a rocket. Like, yes. I, I Yes, if you, if, if you see it from your perspective, but me, as a experienced goalie in my past, I think the goalie could have done more. <laughs> <laughs> you would have already been there. You don't have to die. My, my guy just looked like fucking mariposas, dude. He just, like, literally, I was like, dude, what the fuck, man? I've seen him fucking get harder shots than that, and he ate shit on that one. So it's all right, though. It's done is done. Oh, I mean, I think if, if we could... Recap or finalize the thought. It's like it's el jugador diferente, the one that does that play that he just comes out of the hat. And I think we know we're not we're not accustomed to seeing Vinicius do a cut in and shoot, or like just get the ball and shoot from like top of the top of the box. But you know what? He did it that time and it worked out. So it's like he's a different player. He might not be one of the top players in the world yet. I think that's a little too far. But he's a different player, and I think he did a different play, and it turned out into being a goal. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he well, he he, he, he added that, and hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, sorry. Finish your thought. No, go ahead. Final, final thoughts. Final thoughts. No, I was just asking, like, final thoughts. Rep, you know, how we feeling about the about the first leg game? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a Milan fan, so I'm hoping Milan kind of get their head out of their ass, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Man City game, though, and the Real Madrid game. That game should be good. I, I think the Milan game also could be good. I just feel like this last, this leg, this tie, though, like, just didn't feel like, it didn't feel that. Like, after seeing the Real Madrid and Man City one, and then you see the Milan derby, <laughs> like, they just were not at the same level, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so um, you, you feel like the champion yeah. will come out of that Madrid City leg? I don't, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that the two games were very different levels, you know. One was just kind of like a, a, a real fight, and the other one just felt like really like one kind of just was lost. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, moving on. Uh, the next headline that kind of came about earlier in the week was uh, Busquets uh, to leave Barcelona at the end of the season. Um, so I'm not a big Barca fan. I didn't really watch, you know, prime Busquets in his day. But one of the things I saw was that that 2011 team that Pep won the Champions League with, they're, all of them are done, basically. They're retired. Um, so what do you guys feel? Do you guys feel like he's a, 
he's a top midfielder of all time? Is he underrated? Like, how do you feel about his career at Barca and what kind of impact has he made on, on that team? Uh, I'll, I'll go first on this one. Um, I saw a video, dude, where uh, I can't remember who it was talking, but I think they showed multiple players, like, say something about Busquets. And the one thing that they said was that Busquets changed the vision of a number 10 to a number 5. Like, he changed a lot of, like, people wanting to be number 10 to number 5s. You know, that he, 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 the style that he brought into football made kids actually want to be that guy. Players play like him, you know? And he impacted football like that, you know? And... I think even one of my favorite ones was one of the ones that brought that up was Riquelme that, that thanks to Busquets now now everybody wants to be a number five. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. Um, no, no. I, I think to, I mean, I feel like, you know, by now, like there's a lot of people have come out, a lot of soccer players, coaches have come out and talked about, you know, the, the impact of Busquets and I've said Busquets quotes. And I think if, if I could stick with one quote and, and to be the one from Vicente del Bosque, where I think he, he said it, you know, it's like you watch the game, you don't see Busquets, but you watch Busquets and you, and you see the whole game, which I think, I think it stuck to me. And I think to similar to what you were saying, it's like, I think he, he I think Busquets came around at a time where like the, where like the world of football was going from like a four four two to a four three three, yeah, and he became the like the he set the bar for what that defensive midfielder should look like, and it's like you know I think now that I have this platform I have this mic you know it's like I I spent all my childhood or like growing up, you know having to root against the guy because you know I was a Madrid fan and all those classicos whether it was Pep whether it was Tito whether it was Kuman or whatever, you know, Barca era, you know, it's like he might not have had any of the lights pointed at him because there was probably players that were like stars. But I think Busquets is a star of its own. And I think he makes, he made being a five cool. And I think, you know, I think whatever followed him, like if you can look at players and it's like, well, you know, he plays like Busquets. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think, Busquets is. I think he's underrated in the in the in the eyes of many, but I don't think he should be. Okay, hey, a cool. I I don't know about that. A cool. I I, <laughs> I think. I, I mean, I don't know about that and whether he made the position cool. Um, his position is an interesting position. I personally don't think he's. Like crazy, I'm sure he's gonna go down as a legend for many people. Uh, but like, to me, like I think he really benefited from that time with Pep Guardiola that just really revolutionized his role. Because at that point, that role was not seen in the way that it has. And of course, you know he's he's won everything there is to win, so there is that. Um, so he, he, you know, he has all the trophies and he has all of that. But there, there is another aspect, at least in it for me. Like I, I also feel like he, he did change the way that you play that position. 
but the game also left him. I think you know, like he you were mentioning the the transition of that uh, four four into a four three three. I mean, when you look at football in the way that it was played when he was playing uh, against, like let's say the Chelsea team or even the Real Madrid team uh, in those Clásicos, like uh, you're 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 looking at like some pretty like big dudes, right? Like thinking about like John Terry or like Rio Ferdinand those that time and he's kind of like a scrawny dude um but but I feel like he he has adapted he's never been fast he's never been muscular he's never been like I would not say he's not, I would not say he's cool he definitely is <laughs> not a cool player in my book like he's kind of like that guy that uh just really flies under the radar and to me, like he's probably like he's probably going to be remembered, but I don't know. Part of me also feels like he's a little overrated. I think he also benefited mm-hmm. from being in a really great team uh, for many years, and he also stuck in Barca, and he's also part of that Barca that sucks. And you know, what I'm saying like, what what's the criticalness of it in there? Like he, he was a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> he he has he's been part of that downturn in Barca. Take it easy. He has. I'm just going to overlook it because he he's getting these accolades because he somehow switched the role of the thing. But that's also because football has changed yeah. because of Pep Guardiola, yeah. not because of Busquets. And I think that that is one thing that I think gets missed is that cool Busquets was able to like apply it, but the coach is also who made that shift for him, and he just happened to play that role. And again. He's been in he played for that Spain team that was fucking amazing. You know? He was in that yeah. Barça team that was amazing. So I don't know. It's kind of my two cents in that. But then again, I'm also a Busquets hater. Dirty ass player. They would always get on Pepe for being dirty and nobody would ever fucking point the finger at Busquets. That's, um, be, that's because Busquets, Busquets doesn't, doesn't just knock people down and fucking try to kick them in the head while they're on the ground. Yeah, he pokes it's, people in the face. Yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> you, you got to fight under the radar. You said it yourself. Huh? Yeah. Do shit, don't get noticed to do it. Man. <laughs> my, my guy wanted to fucking kill the dude from Hetafe. Poor guy, man. He's probably still traumatized for this day after Pepe, Pepe almost fucking murdered him. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So uh, the talks now are like where he's going to go next or what's to come. And some of the reports I've been seeing, like early reports, is saying that he's going to go to Saudi Arabia. Everybody's linked to Saudi Arabia these days. Should. Um, again, Inter Miami is supposedly someone who wants to go after Busquets. Um, Teba, president of La Liga, said that I guess Busquets leaving is a step towards Messi's return. Um, who knows if that's true? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, what do you guys think? Where, 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 where would she? Where, where should Busquets go? Where should? What is next for Busquets? Busquets should thirty four years paid. old too. Get paid. So. Get paid. Go to Saudi Arabia, dude. Yeah, you don't get paid because he's look, been getting underpaid at Barca for many years. Here we go. Oh man, here we go. Don't, don't make me bring <laughs> out my gangster, buddy. He's been there. He's been there for fifteen years. It's they, fine. What's wrong with they that? Probably though? haven't been paying him shit for that whole time. Oh, he's, get, he's getting pennies, man. 
Well, my thing is like again. So maybe going back to my thing is like he's also been in the fucking La Liga. That sucks. Let's fucking get this shit out of our fucking head, dude. Like I want to <laughs> see him go do on. it somewhere let's, else. And let's. I think that's my thing is like I want you to go do that somewhere else. And I want to see if he can do it. And I don't think that he's he's already past his prime. So we'll see how he does in Saudi Arabia or MLS. Yeah, or MLS or MLS. Yeah, he might so, be actually uh, really yeah, good again. MLS like I said. That's true. That's true. And that Inter Miami side, um, again, part of, <laughs> part of, he was part of that infamous 2011 Champions League winning team. So he's won a lot of stuff. Um, just a small, small little, small little thing. I just wanted to bring up. Who do you guys think is better, Busquets or Xabi Alonso? Both played the five. Both did their thing. God, I hated both of those players. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Louise, what a what a pick! It's a, it's a, it's a, it's hard because they had different styles of playing, dude. But they played the same position, though. Yeah, same position, but like it's yeah, hard to Spain, They're from Spain, so yeah. so why why did uh, so why Xavi Alonso and Busquets? Was there an option C? Yeah, already. Yeah, like why them two? Like, no, 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 like that's just that, those, you know, were the, those were the those were the cool options. Right. <laughs> Give me the, the shitty cool options, options, yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay. they just so, you know they played for opposing teams. They played around. They played around Madrid around the same time. Or he, Xabi Alonso played around Madrid for some of the time that Busquets was at Barca. So they definitely played against each other in Clásicos. Again, both CDMs, both from Spain. So just just making a comparison, you know, just small little debate. Yeah, it's like either you want the long ball by Xabi Alonso, or you want like the clever footwork and like. Being able to make a, a turn in a tight space type of type of deal like Busquets. It's kind of hard to compare. Busquets, Busquets is super good on the ball though. For as fucking tall as he is, he's super good on the ball. He's my idol, man. Okay, so okay, so if I could if I could retrace my comment about the cool, because I, I I still think. <laughs> and, and, and I guess I guess this, right. is, this is cool no more. <laughs> no, no, this is coming from from a guy that that played that position too. And I think, you know, it's just like, I, I, I'm not the fastest one. Oh, I wasn't the fastest one. So I think he just made not being fast fit cool. into, like, modern football, at least in my eyes. But I think if you were to, I mean, I'll give him his flyers, you know, okay, done, and say, that's it. But if you had a, you know, Xavi Alonso, Busquets, like, come on, man, you got to, like, if I had a pick, I would pick neither, but I would toss in Casemiro because I would take Casemiro any day. Another guy that played the five, but we won't, we're not talking about Casemiro. We're just letting. Yeah. If I had to choose out of those, so I'd probably pick. Uh, I yeah. probably pick Busquets. I think I, I disliked Xavi Alonso more than I liked than I disliked uh, Busquets. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Xavi Alonso was fucking trash when he was at Real Madrid. Is it because he was in that yeah. Liverpool team where they destroyed Milan? No, no, that's not it. Huh, huh, you put your head down, man. That's not it, man. That's not it. No, I, I've, I've, you know, yeah. He just, he just never really, to me, like, he just never really stood out. You know, he's just kind of a getting praised because he's Spaniard, in my opinion. Oh, okay, all right, different topic there, right. but right. Let, let, let's move on. Wrap Come it on. up. Wrap let's it go. up. Before let's move on. Move on. Start breaking so, computer yeah. screens. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see where, where Busquets goes from, from here. Um, so moving on, uh, which was my Tarjeta Roja and some of Sam's Tarjeta Roja. Um, El Super Clásico took away River Plate versus Boca. 
And we saw, I think I, I seen some people say six, some people say eight, seven, but we saw a ton of red cards, a ton of red cards. I think the riot lasted for about 15 minutes. Uh, they had to call in the riot police to try to separate these guys. You know, you had Chiquito Romero looking like prime Rey Mysterio out there. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Say, so what do you guys think? Would um, should what should there be put in place? Because we mostly see this at games like El Super Clasico, where you know there's just such a heated rivalry, and you know it gets out of hand. But what do you, what do you guys think? What needs to happen for the, these things not to happen? What do refs need to do? You know, yeah. We don't, we don't, I I don't know, dude. I don't know what else refs could do. Like th- this one, this one is hard because Argentina has just a wild fan base, and from what I, I just heard, and I'm not saying this is happening, but even the SWAT team had to get involved in this shit because they couldn't control it. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, I feel like these games, maybe you need to go play them, like, in another country, dude, or something. Because it's just getting really out of control, dude. It's getting out of control, dude. You can Those two can never, they will never, ever get along. It, it's going to be a fight every freaking game, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's wild that yeah. we blame so, the refs. Like, <laughs> what? what is, like, it, it's wild to me that these grown men are like grown people. These are these are adults that we're talking about. Yeah, that they cannot contain themselves over a game, and we somehow blame the ref for not keeping order. Are you kidding me? No, what? It's a fucking goal, dude. That's it. That's all it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a goal. Don't put it on the refs. Like, I think, like, it's such a, it's such a, I think refs, and then we talked about this when the Liverpool guy uh, came up to the ref. Like, players, I think it also comes down to players. Like, play, because this was not even the fans, Sam. And then that's the thing. It wasn't even the fan. It would be different if the fans, like the incident we had in Querétaro, where the fans got into it and they got into it with the with the other fans and they went into the field. These were the players, the people you're paying to go see play a game, and they're the ones not being able to hold their emotions and then causing the riot themselves. So, like, it starts there. It starts with the players. Like, what is education on the players? Forget about the fan base. Because I think, like, cool, we can make a rap about Argentina's fan base. Cool, they can have a bad rap. At the end of the day, though, like, the players also play a vital role in, like, the way that they're making fans feel. So players have to take ownership of that. If I was the fucking head of that league, everybody gets fucking fined, and you got to fucking go take some fucking classes. Mandatory to play in this league. But is that going to help? That's unacceptable. You're a professional. Unacceptable. Children are watching you. People are watching you. People are learning from you. How you handle defeat. How you handle losing. How you handle winning. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Or thousands of dollars maybe in Argentina. But like, (laughs) you know, like, come on, dude. Like, there has to be some responsibility there on like the players. And it's wild to me that like it gets thrown down to the refs. And you know, the fans only feed off of the of what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'll give you an example. Like, I was just watching WWE in the in the backlash, um, the backlash uh event. And you see that crowd 
they were so into that crowd that it made that pay-per-view just so freaking good because the fans were so into it. And there wasn't like a knock on anything. How can we actually make the Argentina fan base feel like that? And it starts with the players. It starts with the relationship there. Long rant for that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and it, I, th- I think, if, if, I mean, everything has been saying is true. And I think, the, I mean, the problem, you know, with our, you know, I guess the classicals or the problem in Argentina or in, and even all around the world, it's like passion gets kind of mixed up with violence. And it's like once it gets to that point, it's just hard to come back, you know. And it's like it's right. And it's like this time it was the players, you know. It's like, what was it, like six years ago, like same Super Clásico, Copa Libertadores, second leg. It was the fans who were throwing rocks at the Boca Juniors uh, bus when they were going to the Monumental. So it's like what that led to, that led to like riot and chaos outside to the point where like how Sam said, well, now they had to play the final at Santiago Bernabeu because it was way too crazy to play the final in Argentina. So it's like, it's a little bit on both sides. This time it was the, it was the players. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like when, when you, when you confuse violence with passion, like nothing's good going to come out of that. And I mean, you know, that, that that's, that's where we are. And I, I don't, you know, this, this isn't the first time. And, and I don't think it'll be the last time we'll see it happen. And I, I don't think, there's a way of fixing it, even though we can propose options like whoever the, the, the FAA in Argentina, like they, they're not going to do anything to correct the issue. So, dude, uh, we've been seeing I, ever since I've been watching football, it's happened in Argentina. It's yeah. I, I don't think it'll ever get better there. It's but just, I think we got to expect more though. Yeah. I think that's that's my thing is like we, it's just too it's too passive. You know what I'm saying? Like it's only so much until somebody gets killed. Or until players get killed, like we're getting to that point where it's just like, well, does it does it really take until like ten five players fucking die in a in a in a brawl like that for for the league or the world of football? Like I'm thinking about even like how do other countries like hold other countries accountable for shit like that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, again, going back to how you were saying about the Querétaro thing that happened in Mexico, it kind of just, it also, like, I, I guess players and teams don't think about how it impacts their own country, right? So, like, for, for you know, when it happened in Querétaro, um, it impacts Mexico as a whole because now people around the world, the first image they see is just all these fans doing all these crazy things to each other over, over a soccer game, you know, something we're supposed to have fun, enjoy. So when we're seeing things like here at El Super Clásico, now over here we're saying, oh, well, it's the Argentina fans or it's Argentina in itself and we mm-hmm. Argentina is the ones that are rioting and doing these things. Well, that's because the players and the fans, they're doing this to their kind of own country, you know, because now we're thinking, we. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't regularly watch Argentina football or the league, but I'm seeing, oh, there's a riot here at Super Classic, or there's a brawl now at the game. It lasted 15 minutes over someone just scoring a penalty, you know? Like, mm-hmm. now I'm thinking that that league, there's always going to be violence, or there's always going to be violence at the Super Classic. So I think players, and also fans, but in this situation, players got to think about what image they're imposing to the world about their own league. And I'm sure, and a lot of River Plate players and Boca Juniors players, they're Argentinian. So I'm sure they want to represent their country proud and they want to, you know, 
make sure they're putting the best quality out there of soccer for their league. So it is, it is something that you know players got to think about how they're representing the country they're playing for. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's it's a very very uh, delicate topic if I do say so myself. So. Um, and in lighter terms, in lighter terms, right? Moving on to uh, our debate of the week, um, our top five Concacaf players to leave to Europe. So, all time. Know, think about it, but all time, all time, right? So think about it. What have they done outside of Europe? What did they do here in Concacaf? I know I have a clear number one. If you guys want me to go first, I think I have a clear number one. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want to my start? One would be we'll go. okay. Go for it. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, just, just I'm gonna just say my number one, and then I just kind of want to see what number number one you guys have, and then after that we can go one by one, you know, and see how we kind of compare. Um, I think my number one is Hugo Sanchez. That's who I think my number one is. You know, I think it goes without saying the Golden Boots he's won. Um, the impact he made on that Real Madrid team at the time, one of the top goal scorers for Real Madrid, you know, Mexican player, to straight out of Pumas, representing Pumas. So, <laughs> you know, but I think Hugo Sanchez is my number one. Uh, yeah. do, do you go for Pumas? <laughs> by any chance, the, the fans are I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, yeah. So but I want to hear what you guys have. Let's see what you guys are Go for thinking. it. Go for it. Um, I mean, I, I think to me, number one is clear too, Hugo Sanchez. Um, just, I think, okay, so I think if you look at how after his, his, his soccer career, it, yeah, it's been, it's, his ego is off the roof, but there's no denying that, I mean, this man was getting paid pennies in Spain, but this man impacted, like, there's not going to be another Mexican like Hugo Sanchez who jumps the ship into Europe who's, you know, like does great at Atletico and then like almost joins Barca and then just goes to Real Madrid and he gets the Pichichis. Like he, he paved the way uh, and it's not often credited it's, and, and it's fine. And I, I would understand it because his ego is just higher than what he actually <laughs> has done now. And it's like, if you ever see an interview of him now, He'll make sure to let you know what he did in his playing career, uh, but as a player, skill set, and just to get, like a killer in the area, Hugo Sanchez is there. Hmm. Uh, Ariel, I'm, I'm gonna let you go because I think you and I probably have the both guys. <laughs> Cue the music. Cue the music, buddy. Cue it, buddy. Come on, let's go. Of course. Oh, oh my god. I mean, <laughs> you want to go first about this man or you want me to go no, first? No, go ahead. I think we're both going to hey, vote man, on you the guy. You, I got I got a cousin that played for this man. Uh <laughs> as every Salvadorian could say. Uh, no, for for me, I, it has to be Mahiko Gonzalez. I mean, it's cool, you know, we didn't get to Real Madrid, but but he's your you know, underrated, I think in history. I don't think a lot of people I think he's getting more like known you know, as of late, I think because of TikTok and social media and Salvadorians are just becoming more present and we're like kind of bringing it out. But for a majority of history, Mexico has kind of gone underrated and he he's he tends to be a lot of like a lot of people's like your favorite soccer players, favorite soccer player. 
Like he's he's that kind of guy, like the person that like people don't. He doesn't get the accolades and all that stuff. But like, dude, in Spain, they dedicated like a fucking like a a a, a day for this man. I mean, he they had a whole tour for him in the United States where he was the main headliner in 1983. <laughs> like he was the main guy, the main attraction. Him and, and, and like the big thing was him against Maradona. Like he was that big. Like he was up against Maradona in regards to like status in the world of football. And for a player from El Salvador to do that uh, in the Salvador, you know, where we don't have that much history regards to football and like getting far and stuff. But like he, he really like, I think brought hope, and especially in that moment of when he was playing and El Salvador going through such a tough moment in history in regards to the civil war, like Mahiko brought this sense of hope to that country. And I think about that team, even though we got smacked up, and we're in the record books for the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, I think he was he, he was a really a game changer for at least for us in the Salvador. I think he he gives us at least a a, a place to, to to aim for. Right, like we have we can at least say that we have one of the greatest players of all time come from El Salvador. Yep, and I'm just gonna add to that because that's the guy that I'm gonna choose. But just to let y'all know, the reason why he didn't go to Barcelona, Real Madrid, or anything was because this man decided to go hook up with the owner's daughter. And guess what he did? He got her pregnant. So after you do that kind of things, where are you going? You ain't going nowhere, my friend. <laughs> you're staying where you're at. So there was no chance for this guy yeah. to, to leave to any other team. So that's why he wasn't really – I think that's what prevented him from – Getting known more, you know, joining a big, big time team back then. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, moving on, number two. I'm just gonna say it, and I think it goes again without saying. I had a, I had a little toss up, but I'm going with Gaylord Navas. I think, um, you know, he's won everything there is to win in terms of with Real Madrid. You know, he won the Champions League, he won La Liga. He won Copa del Rey, you know. I'd argue one of, the, I'd argue one of the best Concacaf goalies of all time. Um, and it just sucks that he got to go to PSG, and then he started backing up Donnarumma, and now he's at Nottingham Forest, and Nottingham Forest is going to get relegated. So it's just kind of sad how his career kind of declined. But when he was at Real Madrid, I mean, what a what a player, what a goalie, what a goalie, and he's won everything. So yeah, what an unfortunate turn of events for him, really. That PSG talent, move yeah. was not it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like we got the same list, dude. Yeah. But yeah, Kelo Navas, you know, many many years now, like the best player in Concacaf when he gets the award, and rightfully so. Um, and then it's like, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, PSG was was probably like the better option he had, but he definitely got relegated out of Madrid. Um, but yeah, no, what, what he's done and, and the way he's carried himself, you know, I think K- Kaylor is should arguably be a number two for, for many. Hmm. Uh, for me, I'd say, uh, I mean, I think you got to include Hugo Sanchez. So for me, I'll put, I'll put Hugo Sanchez here. I mean, I think he he did open up the door for, I think, the CONCACAF to be taken seriously. I mean, he, he was kind of like a marquee player, you know, for it to be at Real Madrid. I mean, he, yeah, he... He opened the doors 
for for probably the next player that I'm gonna that I'm gonna uh, put in my list. Ooh, yeah. I mean, okay. I would go with Hugo Sanchez, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna try to bring in a, a different name into this. And you know, this guy opened the door for my USA people up in Europe, and it's good old Brian McBride. What? So. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Whoa. Ooh, Brian McBride, dude. Wow. I think okay. he opened the door for U.S. soccer to be known in Europe, dude. Because it was really hard for those guys to even get seen out in Europe. So he, he opened the door for the USA. I think he's he, the one. That, he that, went to Europe? Yeah, he was in Fulham. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> See, that's how crazy it is that you didn't even know, yeah. man. My guy, Brian McBride, dude. That's wild. One dude. of the all-time scorers for Fulham. Oh, that's tight. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> number three. <laughs> uh, number three, I think I'm going to put here, uh, I'm put Chicharito. Um, you know, Chicharito at Manchester United when move. Uh, I forget how many goals he scored the first season. I think 20. I know uh, Santiago Jimenez just passed him up. But what he won, you know, the the Premier League, I think, did he, I think he won it his first year, but I know he won it for sure. Um, just your natural nine, you know, Casagoles, you know, he made the move to Real Madrid for a little while for like 10 games, but people forget that he, he, uh, he saved them in that semifinal, I think, sending them to the final, scoring that goal against Atletico Madrid. So, and again, another player that has paved the way for a lot of Mexican players to move to Europe. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like you know top five, and it's like now that we brought up Brian McBride to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> because when you think top five, you think Brian McBride. Yeah. Well, no, it's like yeah. I, feel, I feel like now it's like the top five that have, I, I guess if we could switch it up, it's like top five that have, or like maybe not switch it up, but like the top five that, or like the most influential top five in well, terms of paving I mean, in terms of paving the way, or you know, I I mean it, it gets. To single out just five, because now, I mean, we're lucky enough that the Gonga Cop has now exported a lot more players. Um, but I guess if, if I could, for me, my top three when it comes to just longevity and still, like, finding your way to, you know, compete at the highest level, I think I'd say Andres Guardado. Um, he, he, hasn't been, he hasn't been in, like, I mean, I think maybe a spell at Valencia. Um, but other than that, I think every other team, you know, maybe mid-table, maybe competing for <clears throat> Conference League or Europa League. But, um, I mean, if you look at him now playing for Betis, you know, if, if he's starting, he's the captain of that team. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, I think it's, it's, it's a testament to hard work and dedication to what you want to do. And he, he left pretty young, and I think now he's, he's still there. Um, and yeah, I think Guardado should, should be recognized as well. Yeah, hopefully Ariel doesn't take my next one. I, I feel like I kind of caught on what he was going to go with next, but nah, you probably probably not. I uh, I <clears throat> so I'm gonna I'm gonna just stick to the list that I have in my mind. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh, I also I'm gonna go with Chicharito as well. Um, Chicharito kind of he to me so when I think about top five players I automatically think about influence but because influence in regards to performance as well and 
Chicharito was not the prettiest player to look at, like playing. He was not like Mr. Skills. He was not Mr. Dribbles. He was not even a good passer. He's not even a good passer. Um, but what he did have was just this thing that I think is so hard to find, which is just this knack for goals. Like, he's not even an imposing player. Like, he's not Holland. He's not bodying people out the way. But he is just, he finds his way. Because you even look at him now when he plays for the Galaxy. Like, you see sometimes his movement. Like, his movement is so good off the ball. Like, he just finds that space. Like, and the ball just fucking balls to him. It's like he knows where that ball's going to go. And and it doesn't take, uh, you know, like, that's just, like, some, like, this also, there's this talent. Pero también, like, he's also worked hard, you know. I think he's worked hard to, to, to be there. I think, like, uh, that interview that he does about Sir Alex Ferguson, the influence that he had on him, like, it's a pretty dope interview. Um just because you kind of get a little bit of uh, a sense of his thought process and and you can just tell that like this shit just means a lot to him and he's not uh, taking it for granted. So, yeah, I'm going to put Chicharito in there. And I did not like Chicharito at first, but I've grown to really appreciate him just because of how talented he is. Well said. Well said. I, I like the guy too, man. Yeah. I didn't like him at first, but do um, okay. Like my dad used to say, "Un orfato de gol que tenía chicharito." Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right, my number three, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Rafa Marquez. Ooh, that's right. Dude, I I am gonna go with that guy. I, I had a feeling <clears throat> um, Ariel was gonna like say that guy, but for some, I don't know. But yeah, Rafa Marquez, dude. I there's no need to even explain what he's done. And that man right now deserves to be the the main coach for Mexico right now, regardless of the experience that he has coaching. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I completely forgot about Rafa. Yes. And his- yeah. Well, yeah, so funny. I was going to put him at my number four. Well, I'm putting him at my number four, but it's always a toss-up with Chicharito and Rafa Marquez, I think, because of the stuff they won. But Rafa Marquez did revolutionize the position he played, and, you know, he made that move again to Barca, big club. So I won't explain too much. About uh, number five is uh, – I didn't know really who else to put at number five. I had players like Luis Garcia, players like Pisic, who won the Champions League already, players like Chucky Lozano. So, Yeah. That's uh, I'm gonna just keep it at that. that. Those are my three like honorable mentions at number five. So, you guys, you guys have a number four or five. I mean, I, I think I think Marcus, uh, Rafa Marquez definitely should be up in that conversation. Chicharito should be as well. But I think you know, like I said, like you know, now top five, you know, influential influence or the impact. I think I'm if I had to do like just one guy of like right now that we're seeing now. I think I would probably choose Alfonso Davis uh, just because of what he's doing. I mean, he's an elite player, but I think he, he's opened now the doors for another country in CONCACAF to make a name for themselves too. Um, and it's like you're seeing with uh, Jonathan David, and it's like I think they, the center defensive midfielder that was with Cruz Azul, who is now playing for Porto, can't remember the, the name. But I think, you know, I think it started 
or at least the revolution in Canada started with Alfonso Davis. And, you know, that's, that's, that would be like my, my fifth. Yeah, that's a good one. I had him, I had him on my list as well, but I think I, I'm going to go number four for me. I'm going to put Caleb Navas. Um, he, I mean, I mean, he's won fucking everything that, I mean, for a guy that was playing in Saprisa, <laughs> you know, and and in that World Cup, like uh, Saprisa and fucking Albacete, like it's just, it's wild to see his trajectory. And like he's, it's it's crazy to me to think that this Costa Rican like goalie that pretty much made a name for himself in that World Cup, uh, he has just traveled to some of the top teams in the world, you know, to the top, to the top team in the world, you know, to Real Madrid. And he was their main goalie. And for him to be from the CONCACAF, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing just because we just don't see that, you know? So I think like he's opened the doors to, for many other goalies. Like when I think about like Zach Steffen, when I think about like uh, even Matt Turner and like, even Memo Ochoa kind of going back, like, I think a big part of it, too, is, like, Keylor Navas being able to switch the narrative on CONCACAF goalies. Now, now that we're talking about goalies, I'm just going to bring up one of my own, my guy, the Eagle, Tim Howard, the guy, the guy that took off <laughs> from the MLS to Manchester United, man. Um, that guy and... You know what? Um, I'm still, I'm, and I'm also gonna go with Gaylord. Dude. Th- th- those would be my top five. I'm gonna have two goalies in there because being a being a keeper in Europe is not easy, dude. You know, and yeah, it's it's not it's not easy, dude. And those guys pretty much seem to to handle one of the top leagues in the world pretty well. Mm-hmm. More Navas than than Howard, but I think Howard just came in at a different time of football too. Like football was right. fucking ridiculous back then, you know. It was a fight for those top four spots in the Champions League in in That's the right. Premier League. So, still got to give him the the props for that. But el, el pato, el pato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, that, that's a good list. I think we're we're all agreeing on most of the players. You know, hopefully down the line, once you know, there's likes of like Gio Reynas and you know Weston McKinney's and Tyler Adams and all these great Concacaf players who can be something. You know, it's not it, talking about injuries and stuff, but yeah. So moving on to our final segment of the show, have a little fun, take you guys to blasts from the past. Um, Last week we had a who does this jersey remind you of and this week we're going to have who do these cleats remind you of. So I picked out 10 cleats, you know, just give me the name real quick. If you want to explain it a little bit or you have a small little backstory about about the cleat, then go ahead. But just give me the name and then we'll talk about it after. Let's go. All right. Are, Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Are you are you ready? Are you ready? Done, done. All right, show me. I mean, come on, let's go, man. Let's go. Rapid fire. All right, let's hit go. Him. Here we go. Ah, ah. 
<laughs> Whoever has it, just just rapid fire. Let me uh, let me hear the name. I mean, that's that, isn't that Beckham? Yeah, those are the Predators, man. That's David Beck's right now. That's back. That's back right there. Xavi yep. Alonso. Sheesh. <laughs> that looks like a cleat that Xavi Alonso would wear. Yeah, like the all black. Yeah, Adidas, Adidas Predators right here. Yep, Adidas Predators. All right, next Sam. Oh, Samuel Eto. That's fine. I'm, I'm gonna go with Eto too. Luca Tony. Luca Tony. When I was doing my research, uh, yeah, the 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 prime wear of these sho- these shoes were uh, Samuel Eto. Hey uh, man, yeah. spot on, man. They're P- Pumas, Pumas version one zero point six, something like that. Something like that. I think these were. Yeah, he's so, the hey, one. This, is, this is like too specific for me, man. <laughs> Ronaldinho, dude. Uh, Ronaldinho was Ronaldinho. Yeah, dude. He he wore those. He rocked those, man. That was before he got his actual shoe. Yep. He got the light. Yeah, right. Because after he went to the Temple Legends, mm-hmm. he got the Legends. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was wearing these. He was oh, rocking man. these. When I used to wear those, man, I used to be on I mean, fire. this just reminds me of the whole Brazil team. I feel like they all had, like, Everybody. this fucking <laughs> Brazil, Brazil had the, 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 like, silver and white ones. And, dude, every team had, like, their own. The Total 90 era was, like, the shit, dude. It's, like, it's iconic. Like, that yeah. that circle with the 90, like, on mm-hmm. the soccer balls or, like, on the on the T-shirts. Yeah. I wish um, I kept all those jerseys, dude. I had a couple. <laughs> oh, man. So, these are uh, Nike Air Zoom, I think they were. They were called. So. But yeah, night total night. So. Yeah. Hit him. Oh. El bicho. Ronaldo. That's <laughs> the only guy that I would see where he knows it. He won, he won a champion. Hey, actually, these were specifically for Ronaldo in the 2008 Champions League mm-hmm. where he missed the penalty. Mm-hmm. Oh, did That's he? quite a header. Yikes. Yeah. And then Terry came in and bottled it. <laughs> oh, it was when you know. he was in Manchester. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was wearing these. These are his shoes. Ariel, um, any any other name? Uh, I want to say Robinho, but I'm not sure because these are these are like too specific for me. I need to see like another color way to see if because Robinho was wearing vapors, but I don't know if he was wearing these. Dude, Robinho was wearing vapor number ones, bro. These are like, <laughs> like oh, the okay. Vapor. Well then, yeah. Then I then I miss then I miss time in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Jeez, oh, man, I don't even know who. Messi? In that color, Messi dude? rocking these? No. Yeah. Uh, so, so Messi? Yeah, the, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. the Messi mm-hmm. shoes. Yeah, but like, did yeah. he wear those purple ones? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. What are these even uh-huh. called? I never fucked with it. Addy Zeros. Addy Zeros. Addy Zeros, yeah. At 50. Which it says it's like if, if you guys ever got, I mean, I don't think if you guys ever got to warm, they were made out of plastic. And yeah, those hurt. Any step on? Nah, wouldn't recommend. Yeah, they don't do. Yeah, <laughs> I never, I never fucked with fucking the Adidas fleet. Like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> There we go. Now, now, you're, now you're talking my language. Oh, Maradona. Fuck, dude. Pele. Oh, my God, man. Jesus Christ. Dude. Who didn't wear these, dude? <laughs> the flapping, the flapping, uh, 
flapping fucking tongue. That's how you knew you were in high speed. It's like you you would you would tie the laces, you would wrap them around the the cleat, and then bring it back up to the tongue. That's right. Uh, or you would yeah. put it through the back. You, you, oh, that's you, right. You would also cut. You would also <laughs> tie it ankles, through the back. Through your ankle, yeah, yeah. Through your ankle, tie your shin guard with it, and yeah. you look like a badass, dude. Especially with like, <laughs> look up, there, you go. You <laughs> just said it right there, buddy. Especially if you're wearing white socks. Jesus Christ, dude! Yeah. Uh, you know who nah. used to wear those? And your calves needed to look like you had just been working out with horses. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Grealish calves. Jack Grealish calves, and you're ready to go. Calves, oh, yeah. My God. yeah. So legendary Puma Kings, legendary. Yeah. I feel like I'm hearing a bunch of OGs talking right now. Oh, okay. This is what our tios were wearing. Ese sí era zapato, oh my god. Ese, así, ese sí, mira. Ahora sí, ese, ese sí, ese sí juega. Qué chula zapato. Jeez, dude. Who would, I don't, I, this is probably at the time where I did not even give two craps about cleats. I mean, this is Neymar. Is it? This is Neymar. I was not. These were hypervenoms. They, I think uh, a lot of players wore them in t- the 2014 World Cup, and Neymar was one of them to wear them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh, these are my shoes, man. Dude, these, these, are, are, these are like referee shoes. <laughs> oh, man. Don't disrespect the Eddie Pures, man. Dude, these are Zidane. Zidane, dude. Uh, I think, uh, I think no, Zidane. Zidane. I was wearing these. Zidane, Zidane, Zidane uh, didn't mm-hmm. wear these? I mean, and nah, dude, this was this was like 2010. Oh, like this is when he was at Real Madrid. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, in, these look in, like shoes guys would wear, though. To 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 not undermine, and I think you picked the wrong colorway, man. There were some beautiful colorways with the added. I, I want to say Xavi Alonso wore. She, yeah, yeah, uh, Xavi. Uh, he did, he did. Uh, the ones that Kaká would wear. I think Riquelme wore those the ones that Kaká would wear were like white and red. I think. I think so. And I mean, I mean, if anybody keeps on facts or fun facts, um, this model I was already discontinued, but there's only one player that gets still has a model of Addy Pures made to himself because these are his best shoes, and that's Tony Cruz. And not this mm-hmm. model, but Tony Cruz is the only guy that still wears Addy Pures. Still wow, I'm day. seeing them right here. Yeah, these these fucking blue ones that Kakai used to God. Beautiful shoes, beautiful shoes. Dude, what what is with the thing on the side? It looked like they they had a little pocket for your coins or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, total ninety lasers. Those are pretty oh, cool. man, these are tight. These are tight, right? Yeah. Reminds you of Wayne Rooney. That's exactly how I thought of those, man. The Wayne. El niño, el niño Torres, dude. Yeah, oh yeah, another one too. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. These are such cool shoes, like, when they came out. Like, it's such a gimmicky-ass cleat, too. You know, you got to hit it right there in the center, dude, and that's it's about to fucking <laughs> you know, fly through the fucking the, wind. The, the shit or they would, they, they would tell or you on, yeah, on the side for the chamfle. Mm-hmm. Dude, when they made this mm-hmm. shoe, they were like, oh, it has this super, um... Oh, <laughs> oh. Ah. oh man, I, I wear those. <laughs> Anybody from the 1986 World Cup, man. 
What are you talking about? I think they wore those to like 98, 2002 World Cup, man. I, I mean, you might, you might be right, but I think the, the 90, the Mexico 86 World Cup was the first World Cup they introduced these shoes. Because like, Adidas sponsored the World Cup, so everybody had a Copa Mundial. God, dude. Oh, my God. You know, I have those in all white. Those are those are the shoes that I go when I when I when I decide to get technical on the field. <laughs> you know, and it's like I, I always like I mean, I always wanted to get the white ones, but it's like, nah, dude, they, they don't look good. Like, I'm gonna get these dirty way too quick. Yeah, people are gonna look at you weird. If you yeah. get the white ones. Like, <laughs> hey, man, I think the all white ones are amazing, dude. No, they they look they look amazing. Like they look beautiful. But I think that the old the, the OG black and white man like that you can't go wrong. Yeah, you can't go. You, put, wrong. you look like a ref or like the or like the dude gonna go fucking <laughs> carry the guy off in the stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> Did I hear you say uh, that la piel de canguro? Yeah, that's la piel de <laughs> which, by, which by, by the way, I don't know if kangaroo leather is now more expensive because these shoes they, are they don't make them. I was, actually, yeah. I was just talking to a friend about them yesterday. He was just like, because he was like, Yeah, I want to get some copas. We're obviously in our 30s. He's like, Man, but they don't make them with kangaroo leather anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like when they first came out, or like when they were like relevant, like in the 2000s when they made their resurface, they're like 60 bucks a pair. And then, like, I think one of the last pairs, now they were going up, like, 180, 190. Yeah, they're, like, 160 now. I, yeah. I got the all-white ones for, like, 140. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a timeless shoe. They're always going to be in style, I feel like. If, if we if we show up to a field now and we pull up with some Copas, dude, they're going to take us seriously, dude. Yeah, they're like, man, those guys. They, they, <laughs> they guys know what know they're, they're talking about. about Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was it. Finished on a high note. I know I missed a couple, but hopefully we save those for another um, another another segment of who does this clear remind you of? And that was the segment so, of yeah, legendary Zoe! names. Legendary names. Zoe! Zoe! Christian <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo. Oh, wait, I have that one too. Christian Ronaldo. No, I don't. I didn't put it. See, man, I didn't get my Screaming Goat one. And... Yeah, that sucks. Huh? I missed a couple. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Right. Next up. week, man. Don't forget. That's your job. Next week. We got it next week. It's your task for the week. All right. So guys. that those are seems like that's it. That's all we gotta talk about for today, right? Strictly football. Any final final regards, final comments? Um No. No, no. No. Uh, we're still doing our giveaway, dude. We're still. We got, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got. We got. Still a, doing our giveaway. We got. We got to hit that giveaway. We're almost man. there. Um, we're almost there. We, we want to give away a shirt. So yeah, uh, yeah. and it's not one of those in his background. Hopefully, guys. one of these. If they want it's, one of these, yeah. If they want one of these, they could take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving Jesus. those out for free, folks. If you put if you put your name and you tag people and you put Pumas, please try again. Yeah. Try again. All right, tag, <laughs> Unfollow tag, us. Un, tag three new people. Cause, <laughs> no, we'll uh, we'll give you that one on the side. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right, guys. So that's it. That's it. Yep. Are we logging like out? A... Yes, we are. 
back right. here next week, same time. You know, another leg of Champions League, and I'm sure more, more headlines and football to talk about. And, so. more, and more old school. See you guys next shoes. time. Can't wait till we see the shin guards. Yeah, well, more old school. <laughs> the, the shin guards. <laughs> back when we were like uh, knights. <laughs> Yeah, like the full leg covering. Yeah, the wraparound. Yeah, the steel, the steel, the steel, uh, the steel fucking suit. All right, man, close it out, man. Put that, put that. You guys ready? Llegó la hora de ir con las cariñosas, Majimbu. All right, guys, we're logging out. We're logging out. All right, I got you. All right, guys. See ya. Right, peace, guys. Three, two, one. Uh, you fucked up, man. I didn't know when you ended it. I hella cut it off. <laughs> what? Man, no, like, you're throwing me too many cues, man. Too many. One more. It's over. I'm already off, man.